God is good. All the time, God is good. Come on. Together with my family, we thank the Lord for this church and your generosity towards us as a family. We're delighted in the things that God is doing and are yet to do. Every time God's about to do something, God ruffles up the feathers and gets um, our attention. And I pray today that God would get our attention through His Word. I want to talk to you today and to us about divine encounters that spark a response. Divine encounters that change us. You cannot have God in the house and never be changed. Come on, help me somebody. You you can't come in and we sing about Him and nothing change. For if that be the case, then we might as well just all go home. Because He's trying to get our attention, whether it's through the songs we sing, through the scripture reading, through the testimonies that come, he's endeavoring to get our attention because he's after something. He created us in order that we may be people that would give him worship. I'm not going to behave myself today. I'm, I'm going to be African. I'm going to get into it. I, I, I want to go somewhere. Because if you thought that we came here for a tea party, we ain't going to have a tea party. If you came here for your ears to be tickled by some kind of nice little word, then you're in the wrong place. Because... I believe that as we crack open the Scriptures, I find that all over the Scriptures that when God comes in on the scene, something happens. He doesn't just show up just for nothing. He shows up that He can get our attention, that He can shift me from this position to that position. You see, His credit is okay with me. I will praise Him no matter what because I've seen too much to keep my mouth quiet. And we read the Scripture of um, the encounter of two gentlemen that are taking a walk back to their uh, place of abode and, and they're discussing the the chain of events that have happened, they've just come from the upper room where the disciples were. They've just moved from there where they've heard Mary Magdalene who's come from the grave and said, He no longer liveth there. (laughs) I I was trying to be King James in that. But but to get down to the grassroots, uh, he, He don't has his abode no longer in the tomb because he has risen from the grave and all that's left there is his his cloths and his clothing because he's no longer there. It's open. He's now looking for a place to come and dwell in. And so 
Mary declares, and I like it, I love how God works. He doesn't use Peter or James and John to go there. He uses Mary to go there. To declare to the disciples that he's no longer there. These guys are there as well and they hear this account of that something's happened. So on their way home, they're discussing the chain of events that have happened that day. And the Bible says that Jesus draws nigh to them. I love that. While they're gathered together, Jesus draws nigh to them. And he asks them the question, you know, what's going on? And he says, they ask him, are you a foreigner here? Are you a stranger to this area? Do you not know the things that have been taking place? I love Jesus. He goes, oh. And in the whole portion, we begin to read of how Jesus begins to unfold the Scriptures and he begins to talk to them. And these two guys, he reveals himself to them. You see, I like how Jesus works. He talks to and reveals to Mary and then he reveals himself to two guys that aren't the greatest of importance. They're not the part of the leaven, but you know. See, he just he wants to deal with ordinary people. He wants to deal with just somebody right next to you. Thank you, Jesus. And he speaks to them, and the Bible says that they, after he goes and they say, come, and they compel him to come to their house and stay a while, which he does. And then he breaks bread, and in the breaking of the bread, whether it was his nail-pierced hands, whatever it might have been, their eyes were opened and they got a revelation of who he was and he was gone. And they said our hearts were strangely warmed in this event. Their eyes are opened, their, their hearts have been warmed and something's happened. Hmm. When God shows up on the scene, things happen. Divine encounters. One of the greatest divine encounters that you can ever have is your salvation. Help me somebody. We have churches all over America, North America, Canada, all over the world, that will preach but fail to tell people about the salvation message of Christ. You can sit here all you like, hear the nicest sermons, but if it doesn't change your life, that it brings you to a relationship with Christ, we're in the wrong place. Because the message of hope is this, that Jesus Christ died, rose from the grave, in order that you and I can come to the knowledge of Christ. If you're here today and you've been invited, somebody brought you here, and you just are sitting in this place today, I've got good news for you. The greatest news is that you can have an encounter with Jesus. 
and that your life can be changed by the power of God. And I can say, Jesus coming to... Oh, help me. I'll preach over here a little bit. Maybe somebody over here will get hold of it. Brother Randy, we cannot come into a place unless we have an encounter with God and say, Jesus, thank you that I can have salvation in Christ. I, I got news for you. You can sit there right now and say, I'll have some of that. I'll ask Jesus as my Lord and Savior. And you can have a changed heart and a changed life right now. Whew. Right now. Shout right now. Turn to your neighbor and say, right now. We see these beautiful crusades of thousands and thousands of people in Africa and, and India and places like that coming to the knowledge of Christ. I think right here in Canada, we need to begin to preach again the salvation message that Jesus saves. Jesus saves. I was but 10 years of age on the mission field because my parents were missionaries and uh, on the mission station we, we didn't have um, nice um, city running water. We'd catch it from the rain, pump it up to a, a huge uh, tank up above the buildings and then it would feed through into the house so we could have some water. And uh, in this block of concrete, my brother and I, we had made a, a fort so that my sisters couldn't find us inside of this concrete thing. And, and I'll never forget it. I was 10. And I had climbed up this day into that fort so nobody could see me. And I was reading a book called Through Gates of Splendor. And it was Jim Elliott's story about how they had gone to Ecuador and, and, and had been uh, um, martyred for Christ. The, I, I was so overwhelmed that someone, five men, would give their life in order that God could use that they didn't expect that, but I'm just saying God used it and a whole villages came to Christ. And so compelling was it that I stood in this fort of ours and, and suddenly I felt the presence of Almighty God. And I'll never forget it as long as I live because it's my testimony. I knelt down and I screamed with the loudest voice and I said, Lord Jesus, change my life. Come into my life. Forgive me of my sins and change my heart. I, I give you entrance into my life and I accept you as my Lord and Savior. It was like at 10 years of age, I, I, it was such a small little place. I, I, I ran this way and I hit the wall. I ran that way. I was so excited. There's nothing like salvation. Nothing. Because that's your testimony. You may look like a Christian. You may 
think you act like a Christian, but if you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is the day. Today is the day. Because I'll tell you something. I, I, oh, help me, Jesus. It is Christ who gives you the opportunity to come into the knowledge and to be called the child of God. To be called the child of God. So if you're here today and you have never asked Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, I give you that opportunity right now. So Father, in the name of Jesus, you can pray this prayer with me right where you are. Dear Lord, I receive you as my Lord and Savior. Right in this meeting today, and I give you my life. Thank you for dying on the cross, showing us your resurrection power, and giving me hope. So therefore, right now, I ask you to come into my heart. In Jesus' name, amen. That's simple. And you can have newness of life. Divine encounter. I was at the age of 12. My father came to me and he said, Son, I see the hand of the Lord upon you and I would like you to preach your first sermon. It's 12. I was nervous. I was uh, a little flustered. Uh, I, I, I didn't really want to do it, but... Um, I knew my dad, being a man of God, that, you know, he wanted me to do this. And so at the age of 12, it was a Saturday, I knelt down by my bed and I began to pray. And I asked the Lord to give me strength and wisdom and knowledge. And as I was praying, the room and the atmosphere changed. For an incredible light came into the room and... Suddenly, I found that my face could not go through the, the mattress and I couldn't get to the ground. Jesus is in the room. And His presence was so powerful, so glorious, that I began to worship Him and I, and I, and I found every English word that I could describe and, and give him glory for and then suddenly I moved on into the Dutch language and then I moved on into the Kosa language and I moved on to the Zulu language and before I knew it I was filled with the Holy Spirit speaking in a new language oh that was weak and filled me to overflowing saturated me to all of a sudden, I, I, I never heard of this. Nobody taught me this. I was raised in a very conservative background. I had never heard of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Hmm. So, excuse me a little while when I get excited about it. I know you don't want to get excited about it, but I got excited about it because when nobody told you and the baptism of the Holy Spirit comes on you and nobody said a word, I know it's from God. 
And some of you, you need to get a baptism of the Holy Spirit here today because He's going to give you power to overcome the enemy. Shout hallelujah! Power to overcome the enemy. The enemy don't know that language. He, he doesn't know what you're talking to God. But when you begin to talk to God, and all of a sudden angels don't even know what you're saying. Because you're directly talking to God. And suddenly the enemy says, I'm out of here. I, t- mm. I think it's time that we tell the devil to get out of here. Get out. You have no authority, no room here anymore. Discouragement, depression, leave in Jesus' name. I didn't come here to mess with dab a little bit. I came here to preach. I came here to say something today because I believe that something's burning in my spirit, man. I went to a very conservative theological college. I mean that, very conservative. You, you don't, you know, you could hear the church mass walking around. That's her. And our teacher was teaching out of the book of Nehemiah. And so powerful was it. I was in, the, in my part of the classroom and at, at my desk and she's teaching the book of Nehemiah and divine revelation come and hit me. So much so that I, I wanted her to stop teaching. Have you ever been there? It sounds like nobody's been there. But so powerful was the revelation that was coming through that I try to speak and say, don't talk anymore. And that's not a song. It's just, I, I, I was like, oh, and, and I start screaming and, and groaning. And so much so that uh, they had to dismiss everybody because she didn't know how to deal with me. And I feel like a total idiot because here I am just like, I, the, the, the revelation of the Word and God begin to give me a revelation and I have an encounter with God and all of a sudden I can't do it. I just like... And every time she would try and teach again the book until finally they just dismissed us from the whole day and said we'll come back tomorrow. (laughs) Whew. Hmm. Divine encounter. In the book of Acts, in the third chapter, it says this. Now, Peter and John, uh, is it okay? Can I keep preaching? I'm going to preach anyway. Now, Peter and John went up together into the temple at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And a certain man, lame from his mother's womb, who they carried and laid daily at the, say daily, at the gates, which is called beautiful. 
asked alms of them as they entered into the temple. Say daily. So here's this guy from his mother's womb who's lame. And they bring him to the gate, the entrance of the temple. Of the place of worship that he might beg alms. Daily. Daily. Every single day. It's a routine. His routine was to be placed at the gates called beautiful as people came to worship and left. Came and left. Are you with me somebody? And they lay him daily there. Some people are so close to it but never enter it. Brother Andy, you can get so close. You're right at the beautiful gates. You're right there, but never enter. There are people who come to worship out of routine. They come to the place daily. Daily they laid him at the gates. Routine. I'm so close, but get so far. Close. I want to move of God, uh, uh, Stephen. I, I want to move of God. You, you talk the language, and you're so close, but you never enter in. You allow murmurings and, and, and stuff because of your routine. You're there, but you never enter in. Daily. He's there daily. It's a routine. Another day, another service, another day. And out of routine, as he sits there, also other people out of routine, the spirit of religion passes by and throws coins into his cup because they don't know how to raise him up. I want to say it again. I'll say it over here. They throw coins in his cup because they have no power to raise him up. The spirit of religion will leave you in your crisis and say, we will pray for you or we'll do this and do that. We'll throw coins in your cup. But there is no power to raise you up. I want a move of God. I want revival. I want a mighty move of God. That doesn't leave me in the condition that we're in. I know you don't like me getting too excited, but I'm excited. And Peter and John, they come. And they've just come from where? <laughs> the upper room experience. 
They have just received the Holy Spirit. Say received. Now, this day, they walk past this man who's been laid there daily. Religious people have come and gone, come and gone. But this day, when he asks of something from them, Peter and John say, silver and gold have we not, but we do have something for you. In the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Suddenly, divine encounter, heaven touches this man, and from his mother's womb, he rises up and begins to walk. But hold on, I'm going somewhere. He doesn't just go in, like, hey, how's it? You guys cool? Everybody's okay? You okay? You okay? He doesn't, he doesn't walk around like it's a cool dude. The Bible says, say the Bible. It's not Stephen, the Bible. The Bible says, the Word of God says, let me read it so that some people don't get all, all offended that it was from me. And it says, uh, so we've seen Peter and John about to go into the temple, asked alms. I don't know why he needed alms when he needed legs. But and he gave heed unto them, entering and receiving, thought he would receive something from them. Peter said, silver and gold have we not, but such as we do have, we give unto thee. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and he lifted him up and immediately his feet and his ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered into the temple walking and leaping and praising God. Walking and what? Leaping. And praising God. Walking and leaping and praising God. (laughs) Oh, Jesus, help me. Some people, they come in here and it's like a little dabble, do you? Ain't going to go any further than this. I'm I'm just okay, just like I am. No, no, no. You cannot be touched by a divine encounter with heaven and walk into that place where it's just like, Hi. Hello. So nice to see you. I, I, I'm tired of dead religion. I, I, I believe that when the Word of God comes forth... Sometimes you'll hear me say, come on now. Have you? I don't say that because I just feel like saying it. I say it because when I'm listening and maybe John's preaching or Michael's preaching or someone's preaching, I get hold of that and I go, that resonates in my spirit and it makes my baby leap. I'll take that. Come on now. Come on now. Come on now. I'll have some of that. Come on now. 
Because you know why? I didn't just come in here like a lame little individual and say, come on, Jesus, you can just do it again and we go home. I'm not even worried. I don't care about whether we go to McDonald's after the service or we go to a restaurant after the service. I, I, I don't care. I want God to show up here today. I came for a visitation. <sighs> Remember, Jesus tells us about uh, ten people that come. They're lepers and they cry out, and we have mercy on us. Remember those guys? Ten of them. And Jesus says unto them, go and show yourself to the priest. So they haven't got their victory yet, but just go and show yourself to the priest. The Bible says that while they were on the journey, they healed. Say healed. So while they're going to show themselves, they healed. And the Bible says one of them turned around and says, you see, because a custom is that they had to show themselves to the high priest because it's under the old covenant. But one of them said, carry on, guys. I'm okay. I just know who the high priest really is. I've got to make a turnaround. (laughs) You carry on if you want, but I've got to go back. And the Bible says this. He comes and with a loud voice, say a loud voice. No, shout with a loud voice. The Greek says he's screaming. My God, I tell you something. If somebody starts screaming in the service, we'll go like, uh, what's wrong with them? But there's no way you can be in the presence of God and not find something happening in your spirit. Find not something happening where you can begin to shout it out and say, Jesus, He is the one who's touched me. He's the one. That's a divine encounter. That's a divine encounter. With a loud voice, He comes back giving thanks and praising God. Giving thanks and praising God. You see, a divine encounter will change you forever. It will change you forever. When we come in here, somebody here today will get hold of something. Somebody might need a healing. Somebody might need deliverance. Somebody might just need God to just show himself great on their behalf. And what happens while we're here, suddenly somebody will shout, I get that. I receive that. I'll have that. It was a Monday. I was doing the dishes at home. I know it's a miracle. I was washing the dishes and uh, had that all done. And then on the Tuesday, dishes seemed to be there again. I don't know how this happens. And so I go to wash the dishes again. And uh, my lovely wife passes by and she says, I'm glad to see you pulling your weight around here. (laughs) Now I'm offended. She's just called me fat. (laughs) 
So I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, <laughs> and I got, I got, I got praise and worship going on, and 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 it's uh, one of the Bethel songs that says, uh, you know, I can feel the heartbeat of heaven. Now, right now, I can only sing. I can feel the heartbeat of Stephen rising up. You know, so I'm washing the dishes and just, you know, just trying to get them all done, and just like, uh. and uh, while I'm washing the dishes, this bird, uh, there's, we've got a big window right where we have our sink hits the window and I get startled and you know it just flutters and goes away and uh, I carry on washing the dishes and I'm, I'm, I'm a little agitated and the spirit of the Lord begins to speak to me washing the dishes no hon I'm not going to wash the dishes every day <laughs> but I'm washing the dishes and the spirit of the Lord said to me he said you see how that bird just tried to come and it hit the window. I said, yeah. He said, in your sphere, in this atmosphere, there are things trying to get in that don't belong. It's a prophetic word now for some people right now. There are things that try to get in that don't belong there. There are things that come your way that try to take hold of your joy. There are things that come knocking at your window to take away from your peace that you have in Christ. There are things that come your way that try to get hold of your power that you have in Christ and they're coming but they're knocking at the window they're trying to get in but they don't belong in this atmosphere and so as I was washing the spirit of the Lord began to speak to my heart and he says don't allow stuff to come in and take away from my divine presence in your life my God, I tell you, I wash the dishes, I begin to vacuum clean even. <laughs> I, I, I didn't even stop there. I, I got and made the bed and, and I started to polish and I started getting appreciation for who my wife was. You see, I, I, I want, I'm going somewhere. Do I have two more minutes? And, and worship rises up in my heart. And, and I started realize, recognizing that Michael, he began, if you were here when he was preaching, he talked about the Holy Spirit. And, and all of a sudden I realized that the enemy wants to come and, that, and, the, and, and take away from your, the, the Spirit of the Lord that's upon you and the joy and the life of Christ. You see, when we come into the house of the Lord, bear with me. When we come into the house of the Lord, there's divine revelation that's happening everywhere. And you can come and you can sit here like this. And go, when's that guy going to finish speaking? Or you can go, i get some of that right now. I'll have some of that. You know, you go to Africa and preach. Sometimes people just stand in the whole meeting while you're preaching. 
They're standing to attention because they get a hold of the Word and it's fresh and it's alive. We sit here in the service and go like, when is it going to be done? But the Lord wants to pour out His Spirit upon us today, right now. Right here. And, and the Lord showed me a picture of my family. I could get up and I could have routine. Say to my wife, good morning. Bye now. Or I can get up and when I look at her, sometimes my wife will put her hair and her hair goes this way and she's got a she just puts it in a pony and puts it this way and she wears something and I go, Wow. Whew. My goodness. Baby, you look so beautiful today. Whoo. Glory to God. Whew. Say, hon, that, that's a nice outfit, man. And I like your way your hair is like this. Are you with me, somebody? But tomorrow I wake up and all of a sudden her hair's in a bun, something like this. I can't even describe because I don't know. You know it's up here and it's, good. And, I, and it's like, and I go, whoo, whoo, baby, you look really great. What am I doing? Something's happening because something's alive every day. Come on, help me. I walk into a house and it's and and it, and it's it's all clean and it smells good and I go, whoo, baby, wow, how did you do all that? I, I took five hours to clean the house. How did you do it in one hour? She said, "I'm woman, hear me roar." <laughs> and the next. Time I come in, I'll drive into our park and, and get out, and I don't even need to enter the house, but I can smell there's something cooking in the kitchen. And I, and I can tell because she's got my favorite meal going. I love curry. And, 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 I, and, I can, and when you're cooking curry, you can smell it even outside the house. And I go, hmm, baby, I'm coming in, and I'm going to tell her how beautiful she is and how wonderful she is. Why? Because I can smell it before I even get in the house. I know something's happening inside. Then, all of a sudden, another day, I get up and, and I'm looking for my wife everywhere and can't find her. And I come into our bathroom and there she's, and I know she doesn't like it, and she's on the floor worshipping. Dear God. I get on the floor myself and start worshipping. What, what am I trying to tell you? It's keeping that relationship alive. Today I'm, I'm thanking her for what she's doing for us as a family and the children. The next time I'm thanking God for who she is because I, I can feel the atmosphere of the presence of God. The same way I related to my wife, who I appreciate and love so dearly, is the same way I'm doing it when there's divine encounters in the place. I, uh, you can be hearing a word, and, and you could just sit there and let that word go past. Or you can say, Jesus, you're cooking something in the kitchen for me right now, and I receive it. 
Some of you, you, you haven't had joy for a long time. And, I, and, and all of a sudden that word joy sparks something in your heart. And you say, Daddy, I'll have some of that joy. Some of you, you, you you're sitting here and, 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 and you're, you're cold and dry because you, you once had something with God. And now all of a sudden it's just it's routine. But you hear me speaking and all of a sudden it gives you a fresh encounter with God and you say, 